Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Welcome to Sushi Sex and Subtitles. Wow, that was very underwhelming. I'm just kidding. Hey guys, welcome to Transformation Church. I'm Brad Livingston. I have the tremendous honor of being the lead pastor of this crazy bunch of misfits we call our church. And we are so glad that you're here today. Misfits, can we give a round of applause for all those that are new, right? No, I'm just kidding. So, <laughs> uh, That was an accident. Anyway, so we're so excited that you're here today. And man, we are kicking off our new series. And we're going to jump straight in because we have some stuff to get into today um, as we talk about man, uh, what relationships can start to look like. And, and uh, man, I, we want to come right out of the gate, and we just want to let you know who this series is for, all right? So first of all, I've never had as many people hit me up on Facebook and Instagram as I have with this series. They were like, after our art, the artwork dropped with the condoms and the sushi, they're like, I don't know what y'all are doing at Transformation Church, but I'm coming, okay? So, um, and so it's been really, really dope over the last few days, um, just all the people that are interested. But how many guys know we need healthy relationships? So how many guys are looking for healthy relationships? How many of y'all been enough busted up relationships and you're ready for some good ones? How many of you know that your relationship isn't any better than you are healthy? Oh, there's less hands, that's what I figured. So here's the deal, before we can deal with the other person, we gotta deal with you. And so we're going to deal with you today. Some of y'all like hitting that SpongeBob meme, like, all right, I'm fitting to head out. That's not what I came for. Anyway, so, but we want to come right out of the gate. Who is this, who is the series for? Well, we want to let you know, if you're single, it's for you, right? If you're dating, it's for you. If you're happily married, it's for you. If you're unhappily married, it's for you. If you're confused about life and all of its circumstances, it's for you. Okay, so. We want to let you know, but here, here's what we want to come out of the game. We want to let you know, for those of you uh, who are single, that we want to let you know, the best time to invest in your future marriage is before you get married. Can we get a good amen on that? Too many of us wait till we get married to start working on us. And if you start working on you now, you can have a better marriage later. Single people, it's before. Single people, where you at? That's what I figured. In the first service, it was like all married people. I said, oh, these single cats done slept in. Whatever they were doing last night, they're coming to the 1030 service. Anyways, married folks, we got something for you, for you as well. Because the best time to make your marriage healthy is now. And so, uh, so many times we're like, well, we'll do that. You know, we'll get a, we'll start working on this. We'll start working on that. When? And can I tell you something? The best time to work on a healthy marriage is right now. Say now. So right now, we want to start working on what it looks like to have a healthy relationship, all right? Now, we've used this verse in the last series quite a bit, but it works in this series particularly for today. So we want to give it to you. It's Proverbs 29, 18, all right? So go there with me. Proverbs 29, 18, it says this, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. But blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. And some of you have heard the verse where there is no vision, the people perish. This is the same verse with a, a different uh, look at the translation. But here's what I want you to understand. Where there's no revelation of what your relationships should look like, you cast off restraint from the bad ones. Let me explain it better. 
where there is no revelation of what a healthy relationship, a healthy dating scenario, a healthy marriage looks like. And see, we, we have restraint against negative, against unhealthy, against bad relationships when we know we're going after a good one. How many guys have ever had bad restaurant food before? Personally offended. Right? But how many knew when you had good food before? Come on, somebody. Pizza, sushi, cheeseburgers, french fries. We can leave now. No, I'm just kidding. So, like, right, you know what healthy, like, not healthy, but you know what you want and you know what you don't want. Here's the deal. We have restraint against bad relationships because we know what we don't want. The problem is, is the longer we go without seeing the revelation of what God wants for us in our relationships, the sooner we start going after things that we shouldn't have in our relationships. We settle for unhealthy people when we don't have the revelation of what healthy people look like. We'll go after unhealthy relationships when we don't have a revelation of what healthy relationships look like. In the Message Bible is a paraphrase. It says it like this. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. So if you can't see what God is doing, in other words, if you can't see that God needs to be working in you, he needs to be changing you, he needs to be working on you, he needs to be molding you, and the person that you're going to be with, God needs to be molding them and working on them. And if you can't see that the reason you're not with somebody right now is you're not ready to be with somebody right now, then you'll start stumbling all over yourself looking for the person you want rather than the person God has. Now, the pedal is going down early in this series. I just want you to know. So we can be all up in your business for the next six weeks. But I believe the next six weeks can be life-changing if you'll lean in on this, if you'll take some notes and you'll let God start to change your heart. Because we need healthy relationships. We need healthy people and we need healthy homes. Because if the home is healthy, the church is healthy. And so we need to see this. So we need to see what God is doing. Well, how do we know what God is doing? And oftentimes, don't we get frustrated with how long he's taking to do it? Anybody been impatient with God's timing before? Right? Like, Hello, God, I have suggestions. Right about now. And so the thing is, is if we can't see what he's doing, then we stumble all over ourselves. So let's get a revelation of what health looks like in our relationships, right? Because right now, honestly, most of us just look like the walking dead in our relationships. We're just stumbling around, walking around. And if you've ever seen The Walking Dead, you know the TV show. Some of you have seen it, right? Here's the reality. Many of us are walking around. We're stumbling over things. We're kind of just... Like, we're not even alive ourselves, and here's the problem, right? Is we're lacking direction in every aspect and relationship. And then when we get into a relationship, we latch on and end up destroying the person we're with. Because we're not healthy, we go into a relationship, and the relationship gets jacked up because we brought brokenness into it, not because they're broken. Oh, okay. 
I said, we come in broken. And then what happens is we expect, hear me for a second. We expect that person to be able to bring something to the table for us. That's going to fix the brokenness in us. In other words, we start to hold them to a standard that we think they should fix the brokenness in us. In reality, they're broken too. They're broken and we're broken. And if we come into a relationship with two broken people, all we're going to do is jack each other up worse because you can't look to them to, to fix the areas of your life that somebody else damaged. And so we get into relationships hoping that they can be the fix that only Jesus can fix in your life. And I'm getting ahead of myself here. We'll give it to you later. But the reality is this, that you don't need another person in your life to fix you. The only person that can fix you, his name is Jesus. And I know that sounds very Christian t-shirt cliche, like you got one at youth camp. Jesus is the only one. I'm just talking about this idea that if you keep looking for people to help fix you, they'll break you even more. But if we'll become whole before we get to the person, then we can step into a relationship where both of us get to flourish. And that's what we want, isn't it? And so we got to step into that. So we got to break down the delusion of fantasy. Spoiler alert, the title of today's sermon is What's Your Fantasy? Hence the ludicrous earlier. But what's your fantasy? What have you built up in your mind that relationships should be, how things should work, how things should go in your mind that has created a delusion for how you're looking at your relationships moving forward? Because we all have fantasies, don't we? We all, all of us have an image of what we thought life was going to be like. Married folks, can we get an amen on that? How many of you, you're married to someone that does things that irritate the crap out of you? How many of you, before you got married, you thought it was going to be a little different than what it is right now? What do you mean they're not there to cater to my every need? Right? We've built a fantasy. But our fantasies come from somewhere. Well, I think I nailed down a few areas that they come from. Right? Let's look at them. The first one, we get it from the Hallmark Movie Channel. Listen, you want to know what I learned from the Hallmark Movie Channel? The Hallmark Movie Channel taught me this, that if your girlfriend wants to go back to her hometown to help her parents' bakery get back off the ground after dying for two decades, don't, because the man, the regularly handsome fellow that owns the flower shop, that takes care of sick puppies in his spare time, that irritates her at first when she gets there, is eventually going to woo her. Let's not pretend that any of the movies have a different plot. Because when it's not the bakery, it's the antique store. And when he doesn't own the flower shop, he owns the sawmill. Okay, like it doesn't matter. It's just the same story. Amen, fellas. All right. Ladies, can I tell you something? If he is ruggedly handsome, owns his own business and takes care of sick puppies in his spare time, he ain't single. More importantly, if you think your husband is going to be like him, let me just shatter that fantasy right now. The reality is, that's not what it's going to be like. So ladies, destroy the fantasy. Can we look at another one, please? Next, house hunters. Because we watch the show and we're like, oh man, I would love to have that house with that kitchen. Don't, like we plot out our, our fantasy living, don't we? 
If I could have that yard, that house, it's like, yeah, that'll be $6 million. Listen, I don't know where she works that she gets to chase butterflies and he works that he gets to do rainbows and study the, all that. But it's not real when they have a $2 million budget. That's not real life. You know what you're going to end up with? Perhaps a studio apartment or a one-bedroom house in a neighborhood you didn't even know existed. That's real life. No, in all honesty, maybe God blesses you with something greater than that, but the reality is we start measuring what we want based on what other people don't even have. Now, there's something that shaped us at a younger age. Movies. Let's take a trip down that lane, shall we? First, Aladdin. Can I tell you something, ladies? If a man comes up to you on a flying carpet, someone put something in your drink. Call the cops. All right? Next, Beauty and the Beast. Ladies, can I help you for a second? All right, first of all, if he locks you in a dungeon, don't date him. (laughs) Secondly, if he tries to kill your father, don't date him. Thirdly, if he's not human, don't date him. Oh, but it gets better. Titanic. Oh, I knew it was coming. Oh, that is my childhood. Every girl wanted to date Jack. Right? Ladies, can I let you in on a secret? If he won his ticket on the boat in a poker game, don't date him. (laughs) Fellas, if she's running away from her fiance by jumping off the back of a boat, she may not be mentally prepared for your relationship either. And if she left him that quick for you, she'll let you float to the bottom of the ocean while sitting on a board that was clearly big enough for two people. (laughs) So, we've built up fantasies around things that aren't real. So what we have to do is break down the fantasy. We got to break down this thing that we've built up in our mind about what life is supposed to look like. Because we have to come to the realization that God has to ordain our steps, our relationships. And so let's go to the story in Exodus 24. And what's happening in Exodus 24 is the Israelites have been waiting on something, right? So the God's people, they've been waiting on something. And so uh, it finally comes to the moment where uh, they, they've been waiting for direction and Moses is going to get the law from God to give to his people, all right? Now, in that, this is what happens. The Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and stay here. Say, come up to me. This is God talking to Moses. Come up on the mountain and stay here. And I will give you the tablets of stone with the law and commandments I have written for their instruction. And so the people end up waiting on Moses. But here's what I want you to see. God calls them up to go ahead and write this down in your notes. If they haven't spent time with God, there's no way they're ready for you. If you're looking for a relationship and they haven't spent time, listen to me, believers, in the house. If you love God or you're thinking about loving God or you feel like God is calling you to love him, hear me. If the relationship that you're going after, the person isn't starting with their time with God, if they don't know God, there's no way they're ready for you. Because broken people create broken people. And sad people want everyone sad. Because misery loves company. 
And there's no way that they're living a fulfilled life outside of God. There's no way. They can love what they do for work, but there's no way they're happy. They can love what they're getting their degree in, but there's no way they have joy. Which means you're going into a joyless relationship out of the gate. And we need whole relationships. So if they haven't spent time with God, they're not ready for you. Here, can I tell you something? If you're wasting your time with someone that keeps wasting your time, then you will miss the one that is worth your time. I'm going to say that again for those of you that missed it. If you're wasting your time with someone that keeps wasting your time, you will miss the one that is worth your time. I know far too many people that were so blinded by lust, not love, they were so infatuated with the idea of marrying this person that they missed someone that God had been doing so much in. Stop wasting your time with people that keep wasting your time. Exodus 24, let's go back there and pick up on the story. When Moses went up on the mountain, the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai. For six days, the cloud covered the mountain, and on the seventh day, the Lord called to Moses from within the cloud. To the Israelites, the glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire on top of the mountain. Say consuming fire. So think about this for a second. The Israelites, who have already been freed from slavery, brought out of captivity. It's so evident that God has been with them on this journey so far, right? So God's done amazing things in their life up until this point. They see a cloud on top of the mountain, and then the top of the mountain where Moses is going looks like a consuming fire. Don't you think that would set into your brain? Can we get it? Yeah, okay. All right, very good. But wait, there's more. Let's keep going. Exodus 24. Then Moses entered the cloud as he went up on the mountain, and he stayed on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. Right? So he goes up on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. And I want, I want to mention something to you, that it doesn't matter how great of an experience that you've had with God if you're not ready for what he's going to bring you. And, and I'm going we'll to become more clear on that in just a second. So he entered the cloud as he went up the mountain, and he stayed there for 40 days and 40 nights. Let's keep going. Go down to 32 verse 1. When the people saw that Moses took so long, say so long. When he saw that Moses took so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, Come, make us a God who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what happened to him. Now think about this for a second. The people with Moses came out of slavery, came out of Egypt. God performed miracles to get them there. They saw this consuming fire. And after 40 days and 40 nights of waiting and not getting what they thought they should have, they went looking for something else. Hear me for a second. It doesn't matter how great of an experience you've had with God. If it doesn't continue, you'll start looking for someone or something else to fit your desires. They had seen all these miracles, but after 40 days, they were like, you know what? I think we need something else now. And for many of us, we're in a season of waiting in our life. And because God hasn't jumped on our time schedule, we start looking for something else to fulfill the thing that God's preparing for us. We stop looking for what God has and we start looking for what we want. Oh, we'll keep going. Exodus 32.4 says this. 
He took what they handed him, talking about Aaron, right? So they said, we want a God. So he tells them, get the gold, give me your gold earrings and all that stuff. He takes the gold and he took what they handed him and made it into an idol cast in the shape of a calf, fashioned it with a tool. Then they said, these are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. You see, what happened is because they weren't willing to look to God to be their everything, they started creating their own version of what they thought they wanted. And for us, we can't see that God is fashioning. He is working on. Listen to me. Think about how jacked up you are right now. Just think about it. How many of us got areas of our life we know we ain't ready for someone to be in right now? Can, can we get only six of us? The rest of y'all, it's lying is what you're working on right now, okay? How many of us know there are areas of our life God's still working on on us, right? Can I tell you something? If the person that God is working on for you is only half as prepared as you are for that person, neither one of you are ready yet. And so often we become like the Israelites where we're looking, God, you're taking too long. God, what are you doing? How come you, I don't know. You know what? Forget it. I'm going to go after it myself. And we go get something that's going to make us worse, not better. And so what happens is we fall into the traps of fantasies. We fall into the traps of looking for something that we were never supposed to have, right? So let's talk about some fantasies. Turn to your neighbor and say fantasy. Let's talk about some fantasies for a second because that's what we want to deal with today. This fantasy of relationships. What is your fantasy? So that we can deal with that so that we can start becoming whole. Fantasy number one, God's timing should match my timing. God's timing should match my timing. Hear me, because God took too long with the one that they were waiting on, they started asking for something else to replace them. Hear me, it doesn't matter what you find in your life. It doesn't matter what you go out and get. The person that you end up dating, the person that you go after, the relationship, and even take it outside of a romantic thing, the business partner that you're trying to pursue in, in a business relationship. Listen, if they're not ready, if you're not working in God's timing, you will get to the person that you were never supposed to have and they will break you and you will break them. Because we have to be ready. Hear me for a second. We can't be pushing beyond God's timing for where we are. Proverbs 16.9 says it best like this. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. In other words, for you, you can be planning your course. Listen, some of you, I, I've heard you say it before. It's like, I'm going to get my degree by this age, and then by 21, I'm going to start this job. And after that, I'm going to do this job, and then I'm going to get married by 26. And then by 30, we're going to have kids. 35, we're buying the house from house hunters. And 40, we're going to be on the Titanic. You've got your course laid out, but what if your course doesn't match God's steps? And so often in our life, that's where friction happens because we think we're owed something God never promised us. Here's what he promised you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Here's what he promised you. I will supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Here's what he promised you. He will extend grace and mercy to those who repent and put their faith in Christ Jesus. Here's what he never promised you. The perfect husband or the perfect wife. So we have to start realizing, do you need to have a plan? Yes. Should you be moving prayerfully and trying to move according to what you think God has for you? Yes. But hear me, you need to know that God's going to lead you in the right steps. And sometimes the right steps lead you away from the wrong people. 
Anything you force to happen because you're unhappy with God's pace has become a God to you. Some of you have stopped worshiping God and started worshiping the idea of the person you're trying to replace him with. Some of you have fallen in love with the people on Instagram you don't even know. Listen, if your model marriage is based on the Kardashians and whoever they're marrying this week, you've already fragmented your view of what God wants to do. So we have to realize that God's timing is different than ours. Fantasy number two, having somebody will complete me. Having somebody in my life will help complete me. Listen to me. There is no person that can make you whole. There is no relationship that can make you whole. There is no person that can fix you. There's no relationship that can heal the damage inside of you. There's no person walking this earth right now that can help fix all the things other people broke. There is, however, a relationship that can fix all things in your life, and it is with Jesus Christ, the one that gave his life for you, the one that died for you, and the one that is here to heal and mend the brokenness in your life. Just like broken pottery, he can come in and put you back together again to make you stronger, to make you better, to make you more healed, more full of faith, with more joy and more peace, better than you ever thought that you could have. He can bring it to you so that the person you do end up with is the better person and the person you do end up with is getting a better person. Because you know what's worse than one jacked up person? Two jacked up people. Because now you're both just jacked up together. Here's the deal. You'll never know who you are with someone until you know who you are without them. You'll never be whole with someone until you're whole without them. And we can go down the whole list. You'll never have fill in the blank with whatever word matters to you. Here's the thing. I want you to think for just a second. What are you missing right now in your life? Think about it. What are you missing right now? Is it peace? Is it joy? Is it comfort? Is it wholeness? Is it affirmation? What are you missing in your life? And you can fill in the blank. You'll never know who you are with someone. You'll never have the peace that you want with someone. You'll never know the joy that you have with someone. You'll never, know, you'll, you'll never have the things that matter with someone until you know how to have it without them. Jesus is designing you in a way that you would only need him. Everybody else is just a cherry on top. Colossians 2.10 puts it like this. In Christ, you have been brought to fullness. Say fullness. Everything you need is in Jesus. Hear me. If you don't have the person you want right now, it means you're not ready or they're not ready. I'm going to say that again. If you don't have the person that you want right now, it means either they're not ready or you're not ready. You know what I used to tell people, the young people in my student ministry all the time? You need to stop focusing on looking for the right person and start focusing on becoming the right person. Next fantasy, God just wants me to be happy. God just wants me to be happy. Can I tell you something? More than God wants you to be happy, he wants you to be holy. God's primary concern for you is not happiness. 
I believe he does want you happy. I believe he does want you blessed. I believe he does want you walking in favor. I believe he does want healthy relationships for you. I believe he does want all those things. I believe the desires of your heart, God wants to match them when they match his desires. And so what he wants to do is not give you your desires. He wants to match your desires to his desires and then give you those desires of your heart because they're aligned with his desires for your heart. And so more than he wants you happy, he wants you holy. Can I tell you a secret right now? Marriage puts you in a situation where you are constantly annoyed by your marriage and that partner's habits. Married folks, where you at? How many of you got a spouse that does stuff that irritates the crap out of you? Marriage counseling is on Thursdays. No, I'm just kidding. But how many, how many of you, how many have... Right? Me too. Same. Yes. My wife is in here somewhere. She'll raise her hand. Okay. You know what? My, my wife, she irritates me by how beautiful she is. There it is. There it is. There it is. I had to build up points for what I'm about to say. Okay. So we had to get ahead. We're going to fall behind. All right. So one step forward, two steps back. Okay. So the reality is this. My wife has habits that irritate me, but you know what her habits irritating me do? They don't highlight a problem in her. They highlight the sin in me. You see, when my wife does things that irritate me, it's not her that has the problem. My anger is the problem. So God put her with me to show me that I haven't dealt with this yet. My job in my marriage isn't to fix her. It's to fix the things in her that identify the problem with me. You see, God gave us marriage not to create happiness, but to help create holiness. God gave us marriage to show us what we still have yet to become in Christ because this person highlights the things in us that we shouldn't have. Oh, okay. You see, when my wife does things that irritate me, it, sh- it shows this need for control that I have in my life. But you want to know what a need for control does in me? Is it shows me that I don't have enough faith in God's control in me. You see, my marriage is showing the flaw in me. When my, my wife does this irritating thing, we, we moved into a new house recently. It has a dishwasher. We've never used it. Because we wash the dishes in the sink, in the sink. We have a dishwasher. But she, so she does that. And then we set the, the dishes out on the counter to dry. And then they dry long enough for us to use them again from the counter. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I don't like things on the kitchen counter. It's just a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. It's just, it's one of my things. I don't like things on the counter. Guess what's always on the counter? Things. It's annoying. But you know what? That's not her problem. That's mine. And God is showing me I'm not done with you yet. God's not showing me I'm not done with her yet. You see, in our marriage, we go into our marriage thinking that God wants us to be happy. So I need to fix the person that I'm with so that I can be happy. No, God needs to fix you so that you become holy. God's ultimate desire. Sure. God's ultimate desire isn't to fix your spouse so that you get the best possible life. It's to fix you so that you become as holy as possible so that you are the best representation of Christ. God uses your partner to sanctify you and to show you that you still got some growth to do. And the problem is, is if we create the perfect image, if we create the fantasy of our relationship in our mind, we're trying to fix them, never realizing that God's trying to fix us. And the reality is God wants to do something in our life. Then next, the last fantasy, I wanna give you this. Marriage will help overcome my sin problem. Here's the deal. Can I tell you this? 
If you have a lust problem, marriage doesn't fix your lust problem. It just masks it better. If you're addicted to sex, marriage doesn't make you no longer addicted to sex. It just masks it better. If you can't stop looking at someone and lusting after them in your heart, which the Bible says you've already committed adultery in your heart at that point, if you can't not do that, marriage doesn't fix that. It just gives you a person to, to focus on in between the times that you're focusing on other people. Marriage doesn't fix the sin problem. But hear me for a second. Jesus fixes the sin problem. And you may struggle with something for the rest of your life. Listen, I'm not telling you because Jesus comes on the scene now like butterflies fly and all of your problems have gone away and you never struggle. Actually, I'm telling you quite the opposite. You may struggle with something for the rest of your life. But when Jesus is constantly making you holy and he's taking you away from the fantasy and showing you that he wants to work in your life, he wants to do something in your life, you become fixated on who God is making you and you become less fixated on the life that you think you deserve or the person you think you should have or the fantasy you've built up in your mind and you start focusing on who God wants to make you because he wants to make you whole. He wants to give you wholeness. And maybe you walk around right now and you're dealing with sin. Hear me. We need to put our eyes on Jesus. You'll never convince yourself not to sin, but you can go, you can fall so in love with Jesus that your proximity to him changes your desires for sin. First Peter 1, 14 through 16 gives us clarity on then what it should look like to live this life out. It says, so you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. So now that you have this information, don't fall back. Now that you know that there's something in you that's trying to go after something that God's trying to tell you you're not ready for, don't go after it anyways. Listen, stay out of the Instagram DMs for a while. DMs mean direct messaging for those people who aren't quite aware of what that means just yet. Okay, so stay out of the DMs for a while. Get off Twitter. Leave Facebook alone. Stop chasing after people because you're not ready yet. And hear me, I've been in that season. I get it. But the emptiness you're trying to fill in your life with that broken person is, they're never gonna do it because God wants you to fall in love with him and go after him. You didn't know any better then, but now you must be holy in everything you do just as God chose you is holy. And so the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy, God says. And you may say, Brad, that's a lot of like pressure and I'm not perfect and I got sin problems and I can't, there's something in me that I haven't dealt with and, and God's just not finished with me and I don't think I can be holy. I don't think I can be perfect. Here's the thing, I'm not asking you to be perfect. Neither is God. Matter of fact, God is showing you right now that you can't be perfect. You can't be perfect. You can't be holy on your own. And here's the beauty. So when Jesus went to the cross, he became the righteousness you could never obtain. And everything you need is found in Jesus and who he is on the cross. Everything you need is found in Jesus Christ. And if you'll give your life to him, hear me, you won't become perfect. You'll still blow it. You'll still mess up. Sin will still be a part of your life because you're still human. But grace carries you where sin brings you down. And it doesn't mean you just voluntarily give in to sin. No, 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 no. We fight sin every day. But where you miss it, grace gets to pick you back up. And when God looks at you, he doesn't see the sin in you. He sees the reflection of Jesus that is in you. And so God's desire is that he would make you holy and that you would be holy. 
And there's something in you that's stopping that, but here's the beauty, and here's what I want you to grab a hold of. God is holy and worthy. He has everything. He wants to be your everything. And so God wants us to put our attention on him. And so we're gonna do that for just a minute as we kick off this series, because here's the thing. God needs us to have our attention on him. He needs to have our eyes fixed on him. He needs to have us looking to him because then and only then can God show us who we're supposed to be. And so I wanna invite you to stand with me this morning and we're actually gonna sing a song that we sang earlier, but it has these words, holy, that there's no one like God. There is no one like you. And so we wanna sing this together. So I want you just to lift your hands across this place and let's give God our everything this morning and put our eyes and attention on Him. Go ahead and let's just sing it out this morning. Go ahead, team. heads with me today. For some of you in this place, you've been chasing person after person and relationship after relationship. And today, God wants to speak to your life right where you're at. For some of you, he's already been doing it. The whole time we've been talking, God's just been reaching out and touching your heart. But I wanna pray for you right now that God would put your attention on him not everything around you, that Jesus would become your everything. So God, I just pray right now for every person that's in here, Father, who, whose eyes have been fixed on the world around them, whose, whose <clears throat> desires have been consumed by what they've been going after. God, I pray that you show us that you're the only one that can satisfy our needs. You're the only one that can be good enough for us. You're the only one. And even God, when you're gonna bring people into our life, God, that that has to happen on your timing, not ours. So God, I pray that you help us realize that we don't need another person in our life. We need the presence of God. That we would stop chasing after people and that we would start chasing after presence. So God, I pray that you lead us in that, that you guide us in that, that you stir up our hope and our affection for you in that, that you would become our greatest desire and that our eyes would stay fixed on you in Jesus' name. If you're in this room today, you, you need your eyes fixed on Jesus, but the reality is where you are in your life right now, you're saying, Brad, I'm, I'm just, I'm not even going after God. I don't, 
I don't know him, but what I know is that in my life, I need him. It doesn't mean you're a terrible person. It just means that you don't have God in your life. You're not following Jesus and you need the only one that can make you whole to come in and bring grace and mercy. And here's the Bible says that if we would repent of our sins, that means to turn away, never to go back. That if we would put our faith in Jesus, that faith alone would make us saved. Second Corinthians 5, 17 says it would make us a new creation. Old things are passed away and all things have become new. And today, if you need to be made brand new, today, if you need a fresh start, today, if you need Jesus to clean the slate of sin and give you a new beginning where God gets to be your everything, if that's you today, I'm not gonna embarrass you or point you out. I wanna pray for you today. I'm gonna count to the count of three. And when I count to three, if that's you, don't worry about anyone around you. I just want you to raise your hand and say, that's me, Brad, I'm ready for a fresh start in Jesus. One, two, three, that's me, Brad, I'm ready for a fresh start. Awesome, yes, awesome, yes. Is there more that says, that's me, Brad. I'm ready for a fresh start. I'm ready for Jesus to give me a new beginning. Awesome. Yes. Yes. Hands are going up. Yes. Maybe you're watching us online. You're saying, that's me, Brad. I need a fresh start. I need Jesus to give me a new beginning. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray this prayer together. And this prayer doesn't make you saved. Your faith alone makes you saved. But we want to put words to the actions in our heart that says, Jesus, I'm going after you. And everything else will come in your time for me. And so as we pray this prayer together, I want these words to come alive to you. Let them mean something to you. So you're gonna repeat after me and the whole church is gonna pray with you. So church, let's pray. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Make me clean. Make me new. I believe that you died on the cross. And I believe that you rose three days later through your life through your death and through your resurrection, I can be saved. So I give you my life. I believe in you. Make me brand new. Give me a fresh start in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. TC, can we put our hands together for all those that prayed that today? Man, we celebrate with you. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. For more information about our church or to contact us, please feel free to visit our website at transformationchurch.com. And if you want to connect with us on Instagram and Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. Join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be.